Ah, sweet land of liberty. Our founding fathers not only pledged, but gave their lives, their fortunes, and their sacred honor to obtain our God-given liberty. Now it's our turn. Liberty can only thrive if it's alive in the hearts of a freedom-loving people. I'm Dan Matthews, and I'm pleased to welcome you to Freedom's Ring. Here's our host and constitutional lawyer and minister, Alan Reinock. Welcome back to Freedom's Ring, my friends. We have a wonderful topic today concerning refugees and what our country is doing on behalf of refugees. Our guest today, my good friend, attorney extraordinaire, uh, James <laughs> Standish. James, be careful what you wish for. You might just get that kind of introduction, but uh, here we are. And you've just been instrumental in launching an initiative. Tell us about it. Well, maybe we should take a step back first, because I think that put giving some context is really important, and that is we're living at a time where uh, currently we have more displaced people around the globe than at any time since World War II. That, 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 those are people who are have left their homes, not because they've wanted to, but because of typically war or, uh, in some cases, natural calamities. We have about 65 million people. If you think about that, that's about the population of Great Britain. And in countries worth of people who are unable to return home, uh, some of them we hear about on the news uh, from Syria and, and the Middle East and some of the issues that have uh, sadly uh, consumed that area. Others we don't really hear a lot about. Uh, people in Central Africa, for example, some refugees have been out of their country for really many years. For some, it's generations. For example, the Karen people of Burma have been um, refugees in Thailand now for, for going on 40, 50 years. So it's a long, long time. Uh, these issues are around the world. And one of the beautiful things and remarkable things that the United States has done over the years is to say, we can't take all the people who are displaced, but we'll do our part to take our share. And Canada does the same thing in Australia and in the UK and France and so forth. And that is one of the ways that the world has worked together to try to deal with a very, very, very profound problem. Unfortunately, last year, the U.S. reduced the number of refugees who resettled by a whopping 37%. So it's a very, very large decrease just at a time when things are more critical than they've been, uh, you know, since World War II. This, this is a, a global crisis. And so what I've done uh, is uh, to promote a uh, effort by the Advanced Development and Relief Agency to write letters to Congress to encourage Congress to take in the, a, the same number of refugees per year that the United States took uh, in during the 1980s. That is, don't increase our level of uh, refugee intake to any new level, but just go back to what we did when Ronald Reagan was president and George Bush the first and so forth. Uh, and that would that would roughly double the number of refugees that we uh, resettle because of the dramatic decrease uh, in the recent years. Well, let's talk for a minute. Uh, well, first of all, give out the address, the web sure, address absolutely. where people can send their letters. Absolutely. So if, uh, if you want to uh, stand up for refugees, if you want to help people who really are living in very, very difficult circumstances, simply go to adra.org slash refugees, adra, A-D-R-A, 
adra.org forward slash refugees. And you have an opportunity to send a letter. We just started this campaign on the weekend, and we've already had thousands of letters sent. But, of course, we can have many, many more. The more letters, the more chances that Congress will listen to us and that that we will uh, go back to the levels of refugee intake that we had in the 1980s. So I have done some shows, for example, with people from World Vision uh, in the past because there's been the claim that our nation is doing a poor job of vetting refugees and that refugees are somehow a threat or, you know, a source of crime, violence, terrorism, etc. Can you speak to that? Of course. In 1980, the U.S. changed the way that we uh, went about vetting refugees before they came. We have not had a single fatal terrorist attack performed by uh, someone who came here as a refugee since that time. Ironically, the last time that we had a uh, refugee, uh, a a terrorist attack, uh, before 1980, and and it turns out the refugees were were from Cuba and there were some issues that were going on with with, uh, that particular group. Uh, That's why we changed the vetting process, and the vetting process has worked. I just want to give some perspective, because I think often people think refugee Therefore, uh, Muslims, uh, I don't know, Sharia law, what are all the things that you see in the sort of talk radio world? But of course, refugees are coming from all kinds of religious backgrounds. They're coming from all kinds of regions. Um, many of them have been persecuted because of their faith. Uh, of course, as many of us know who are Christian, the Christian population in the Middle East has been decimated since the Iraq War. Um, Iraq alone has lost about one million uh, Christians who have fled because of the violence there. Uh, I have had the privilege of spending time with Seventh-day Adventist Christians who are refugees on the Thai-Burmese uh, border. There are refugees from every conceivable race, background, etc. that you can imagine. And um, the vast bulk of them are people who just had no choice but to flee their homes because of the intolerable situations. And being a refugee, I'll tell you one thing, uh, uh, Alan, uh, my first job as a 15-year-old was teaching English to refugees uh, because uh, my parents were missionaries in Thailand. I did that for a summer. And I was going to tell you, the, the thing about being a refugee is that you've lost your home, you've lost your country. For most of them, they've lost nearly all their money. Many of them have lost family members in violence. These are people who are the most marginalized, voiceless human beings on the planet. And so easy to beat up on them and paint these pictures of, of this horrible sort of menace. They're just human beings and beautiful human beings who just need a place to live so they can get on with their lives. And that's one of the wonderful things about, about the United States is that we have opened out uh, two refugees in the past. And um, one of the misunderstandings, too, is the idea that refugees are going to come here and somehow be an economic drain on the country. But we've got to remember that Apple was started by the son of a Syrian. Steve Jobs' father uh, was a Syrian immigrant. Google was started by uh, another, uh, one of the partners in, in, in Google is also a, a Jewish family who fled uh, Russia. Uh, the refugees are contributing to this country and, and, and doing wonderful things. And we shouldn't look at them as, as if they're some kind of economic drain. They're not. They're an asset. Well, and I will also say from a spiritual perspective that at least here in California, where I am, we have a number of churches that 
are largely the result of refugee communities. Uh, we have Hmong churches from Cambodia sure. um, and, uh, you know, several other ethnic groups from, you know, who came here as refugees. Vietnamese groups, you know, came af- as refugees after uh, the Vietnam War, 1975, right. you know, and others. And the fact is, what we see in evangelism is that people who are outside of their own culture and, you know, they've, they've relocated in another country, first-generation immigrants are the most receptive to evangelism. Their kids and those who have been in this country longer are much more difficult to reach with the gospel. So the fact that there's so much movement among peoples in this world means that peoples are more open to hearing about Jesus. You know, I, I think it, that, that's probably true, but even if it were not true, when Jesus tells us, you know, uh, in Matthew 25, and he gives the list of when he's separating the uh, sheep from the goats, one of the things he says is, I was a stranger, and you welcomed me. And then later on, when he's talking to the goats, uh, <laughs> you know, the, the group that certainly none of us want to be in, says, I was a stranger, and you didn't welcome me. It's very practical uh, sort of uh, take uh, on how the gospel lives through our lives. And uh, I think that it's a very bracing thing when I hear Christians and I have sort of uh, turning their backs on on refugees. I don't think that that's where Jesus uh, is. I don't think that's where the Spirit of Christ lives. I think that the Spirit of Jesus is to say, look, they're just human beings. Whether they join our faith or they don't join our faith, whether they have asked the same ethnicity as we have or the same, uh, you know, family tree or whatever, is not the point. The point is they're human beings who need a place to come. Of course, none of us want a, uh, an insecure country with terrorism and so forth. There's no reason to believe that, that uh, um, uh, refugees are going to bring that. They're certainly uh, very well vetted. And um, we want a strong economy, and the evidence is that we um, that refugees bring economic activity to the country. And as I mentioned, some of our biggest countries, actually the two largest most uh, valuable companies in the world, that is uh, Apple Computer and uh, Alphabet, which is the, uh, the, the company that owns Google, are both started by uh, people who have, um, uh, who we wouldn't have those if it wasn't for immigration, and particularly with Google, uh, a religious uh, refugee uh, who came here. And in the case of Apple, uh, uh, Steve Jobs' father uh, was Syrian. So, well, James, there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of talk in the Christian about what it means, you know, America as a Christian nation. Mm. And it strikes me that we're much more interested in the appearance and kind of, you know, the uh, being Christian in name, in ceremony, you know, in, in public, but not in character. And well, I, yeah, I, I, think it, I think that there is some of that, but I do think that, you know, I... I I had the privilege of, uh, of speaking out in California this last weekend, and I had so many people from the church come forward and just say, look, we're just so glad to, to be able to do something practical to help refugees. So you're, I think you're right. There's a split within Christianity, uh, and I think that that split is, is because some of us, uh, you know, we, we get so wrapped up in the political uh, rhetoric and so forth that we forget that, that, that Christ isn't a Democrat and Christ isn't a Republican. and 
and uh, we we need to stand up for what's right and irrespective of where uh, any of the political parties are. And I'll tell you one thing: neither of those political parties line up with the Bible. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and I've worked in Washington a long time. I've seen a lot of things and and know where the bodies are buried. And I, all I can tell you is that that Christianity lines up perfectly with a political party. It's because we're not really Christians. We're political uh, operatives who are using uh, religion to to justify our, our politics rather than looking at our politics through through our faith. So, well, James, the point that I was simply trying to make was yeah. that you know, in urging our nation to be more compassionate and take in you know a modestly greater number of refugees. This is simply in keeping with our aspirations to a Christian character. This is the character of Christ to show mercy to those who are most in need. You know, that's how we're judged. You know, there's a lot of talk over the years about God judging us for various sins, but um, how we care for the least of these, not just in our nation, but in the world, I think uh, is really essential. Uh, I agree with you entirely on that, and I think so. That, we're out of time. Give so, out yeah. the address again, where people can send their letters Absolutely. in support of the refugees. So it's just uh, www.adra.org forward slash refugees. Adra.org.refugees. Go write your letter. You're going to feel good about doing it. It's going to help. And at the end of the day, God's given us all a voice. Let's use it for those who need it the most. We are out of time. As we close, we want to remind our listeners here at Freedom Spring, we don't just talk about religious freedom. We help those suffering religious discrimination. Check out our legal resources page at churchstate.org, online at churchstate.org. Freedom's Ring is also available on SoundCloud. Check out our Freedom's Ring SoundCloud radio station. And don't forget, friends, freedom is not free. Be informed. Get involved. This has been Freedom's Ring. I'm your host, Alan Reinach. Until next week, let freedom ring. Freedom's Ring.